Good day, and welcome to Far Reaches. We are four people from similar parts of the world who have wound up chasing different dreams and living different lives. We are Richard, Raleigh, Joel, and Micah. Richard and Micah are from Southeast Oregon, from two small ranching communities known as Pine Creek and Plush. Raleigh and Joel are from Northeast Oregon, from the Pendleton area. We met through college, mutual friends, and heard of stories of each other. Somehow wound up being at the same place at the same time. See, we live and work in different parts of the U.S. now and have all taken different paths to get to where we are. We all talk separately and live far apart. So we decided we should try and talk more together. We hope you come along and enjoy. Good day on this day of all days. That's right, we're live right after the first presidential debate. We uh, we had planned this night. Welcome to everybody to Far Reaches Podcast. Uh, we had planned this evening far in advance uh, with all of our crazy schedules. And then it was brought up and, and well pointed out that uh, this is election night. And so we postponed it for a few hours uh, starting our conversation. Uh, the fireside chat, if you will, between all of us uh, to get a little reflection and maybe some input and thoughts uh, post-debate and some of the more political things that have been going on as of recently. We've had some requests to delve into that world a bit more than perhaps we might usually do. And given the the time of year that we're in and the certain situations we're experiencing, you know, that's probably a pretty good idea too. Um, we don't know where Raleigh's at yet. Probably getting that torn labia duct taped up. He'll be limping to the barn here real quick. So we'll have our fourth reacher. Uh, this is a tri-reach right now, which is one of the more rare and enjoyable reaches for those of you playing along at home. So I am Micah. We have Richard and Mr. Joel all in uh, Salmon, Florida. Richard's in somewhere in Oregon, I'm thinking. Oh, yeah. I'm home. Okay, good. Yeah, and Mr. Joel is in his cabin in uh Brooklyn. Brooklyn. So we are. <laughs> it's such Cabin. a cool background, though. Yeah, you have that. That you know, if I just said you're still back in Pendleton and you looked at that that wall covering behind, you'd think, oh yeah, absolutely. Of course he's in. He's in Pendleton still. So he's he's hunkered down in the wild, wild west that is Brooklyn. Yeah. So probably crazier there than anywhere else. But uh, welcome to Far Reaches Podcast. We are here back. Um, we'll uh, we'll kick off with our normal structure, but we'll probably then just jump right into. Uh, some of our thoughts, but we wanted to give a quick, quick individual weekly updates, and then we'll have a little cussing and discussing. I think on the uh, the presidential debate we just just got off the air watching. So, uh, Mr. Joel, how about you uh, give us some weekly updates and insight into your always adventurous and entertaining world? Uh, <clears throat> over last week, I, the big thing that I did this week was um, finally made it up to Connecticut to go visit. Uh, my cousin and his wife and they have a, a one-year-old so we went up there on <clears throat> Friday morning and played around a golf in Connecticut like a which was a refreshing experience considering the Brooklyn municipal courses but um yeah and spent the weekend up there just saw their new house it's incredible oh, cool. uh they just moved in there like uh about a month ago two months ago or something um yeah, hung out by their pool. They have a swimming pool, so hung out by that up there. Nice. And 
drank some Pendleton whiskey. And, uh, yeah, that's what I did. I'm glad you're supporting your golf addiction still. That's good to see. Makes me proud. Yeah, this one is not bad. I shot a for a new course. When, yeah. You know, when I ever play this course is really like, I'm sure you've played them where you can't just, like in Pendleton, you can just swing at the green on nearly every hole. But <laughs> here it's like you have to hit it 230 to a fairway. Then you, yeah. And then you, then you can hit it onto another fairway or take a shot at the green. Um, what do they call it? Like spot golf or something? Uh, target golf? Uh, there's yeah. a lot of terms for it, yeah. Um, you know, in theory, all golf is that because you should be working backwards from the green anyways. But uh, sometimes you play better. I do anyways. And, of course, I've never played before because I don't have any of my, my bad habits of uh, I always hit seven on this or I always try to hit driver. So, yeah, sometimes I play better on the first, first time I go to a course. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, no, I actually – I usually play way worse, but I broke 100, so I was happy with that. Beat Andy. Nice. That's oh, that's good for him. Yeah, yeah. outstanding. I got to have goals. That helps. Richard, what have you been up to, man? How you doing? Oh, are we done talking about golf? <laughs> <laughs> you can wake up now. Yeah. A-hole. Yeah. Let's talk about your Mariners and your stupid. I'm with Winston. Yeah. I'm with Winston. It's a perfectly good way to ruin a nice walk. <laughs> a good walk spoiled, yes. As Micah can attest, I have no patience for the game of golf. I end up Is it you or Kevin that would write N A on the on the hole when we played at Chad's wedding? I think it's Kevin, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Just not applicable. Like just move on. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. I mean, that's one thing. There's very, there's a few things in life that you just truly will never understand. I just don't understand how somebody could not like to play golf. Thank you. Yeah. It, it just doesn't, you know, it doesn't match everybody's. Uh, Give me one good reason, eye. Richard. Yeah. Huh? Give me one good reason. My eyeballs would literally pop out of my head. It makes me so mad. I can't, <laughs> I cannot. I cannot stomach sending, spending $100 on the sport that pisses me off for three hours. So I just gave it up. <laughs> yeah, you, like the, you prefer the predictable nature of something like farming. <laughs> yeah, much less irritating. Yeah. That's, that's, killing, you. that's killing you slowly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And way more than 100 bucks too. So let's get that out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, let's see. Thank God, Joel, that not everybody loves to play golf because we never get on the course then. Yes. I look at the positive way. Yeah. Anyways, Richard, after you're done slamming the lovely guy in golf, what are you thinking? Yeah. I'm I'm one of those fly fishing guys. I like that. Oh, yeah. Because that's that's less than 100 bucks and less than 10 hours. Way more calming. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing more meditative than standing. About waist deep in a creek and untied knots. <laughs> yeah, out of the branch and then it's stuck in your ear. And yeah, sounds awesome. No, I like regular. I've only fly fished a couple times, so I really can't dog it too much. But yeah, I've only gotten fish fishing. I've never tried to never tried to catch flies. I've only tried to. Oh yeah, fish. it's like Mr. Miyagi with the chopsticks. You, you know, it takes forever. So yeah. yeah. Anyways. Richard's like looking at flies right now. Yeah, no. Uh, We're acting, yes. Uh, today, I uh, substitute taught at the school for the first time. 
uh, Spanish. So okay, yeah, are, really. Are uh, they so much dumber now that they're back after so long? <laughs> off? They're uh, no, not because of you. I just mean because they haven't been in school for like a year. <laughs> no, I found that they were. I found that they were surprisingly more focused than the. the oh. Well, of course, I, I didn't start subbing until the last half of last year, so I imagine they'll get back to that state. But no, yeah, it was, uh, they were missing it. I, yeah, different. It was different, and everybody was pretty good about their masks. And uh, yeah, I think they're all working hard to keep that social interaction of the school. Make sure they're doing everything they so that it doesn't get shut down so that's uh when you have that kind of commitment out of kids then that's something special so that group acknowledgement that hey we gotta pull in and pull our weight and try and make this work so that uh we don't have to get all split up again yeah keep the gang keep the gang so i'd imagine this group of kids that live through covid will probably be have tighter bonds than a lot of other um, classes that go through school. So that's just my observation from today. Um, and I, had a, I've had a, I've been being a little bit radical on LinkedIn lately. And uh, really, yeah, you've been lighting some fires. Yeah. Yeah. Really been pounding on some people. And uh, um, so uh, I had a little glimpse of hope today that the message was getting across. So I was, uh, extremely thankful for that and uh i don't like to be a bad guy but uh sometimes they just need to have some asshole to be i just just, yeah i'm mad as hell and i'm not gonna take it anymore that's what i kept thinking whenever i'd see your posts yeah so yeah no but uh i turned the corner i don't know how long it last but i didn't i didn't see the linkedin post what what was it oh yeah we'll have to uh it's yeah. been a four to six month buildup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a slow burn. Uh, yeah. Uh, you just, just tomorrow, I'll jump on Richard's page and he's got like uh, some rants. He's, he's, he's uh, I wouldn't say rants. I just say uh, diatribes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I hit the, I hit the crescendo today and uh, I think, uh, yeah. So, anyways, I think I can move on from that. I feel like I've safely sat. I was safely, uh, what would you say, uh, accomplished maybe my mission that I set out to accomplish. Exercise the demon. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> so, no, but I'm thankful. I'm thankful people took a breath and looked around. That was. Well, that was that's cool. awesome. I think, it, yeah. Um, I, I, and I agree with what you're saying, too. I, I think uh, so. It basically, you know, it's like people who are trying to make rules don't aren't involved in what they're trying to make rules about and, and profiting at the same time. So go pound sand. Yeah. Anyways, not to, not to summarize your last four to six months of building interaction with one sentence. And to think I can't, I can't spend all that time writing a book. For yeah. A couple. <laughs> Damn it, yeah. It's all about focusing the energy. Yeah. But <laughs> which is no fun at all. Yeah. yeah no fun at all. No, I always enjoy it. So, uh, it's been like uh, starting to get a little fall, fall weather here in beautiful North Central Florida. So, it's like sixty-two degrees outside right now, and I'm loving every second of that. Um, and so that, and uh, the governor being like, "Hey, y'all just go back to normal. 
shut up. Um, when it comes to the Rona, it's been uh, interesting to see as well. So, um, yeah, some places are a little bit behind on taking down their Rona mask signs, but other, others like the second he said it, it was already done. So it's been interesting to see how people are uh, adapting to that, how they're, how they're utilizing it and how they're thinking. So um, we'll see. So that's a really brief weather and Rona update, which I'll count for my weekly update as well. I kind of thought you'd have more to say about, you know, the Florida dropping the restrictions. And I, I'm I super happy. Curious. It just drives me crazy. Um, I mean, if you so, want to wear a mask, I don't care. I'm just, yeah, how many know, people I, are I still wearing them? Did anything uh, change? So it, Could it depends on, at all? Yeah, some, some places, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, like my building at work, for some reason, they still have to sign up. I sent a message like, are you guys ignoring what the governor said or what are we doing? I've not heard back yet. Um when I went to get mail, like that sign was down probably because it's a UPS store that some dude owns. Uh, that sign was down instantly. Like uh, the lady behind the counter who was older, she chose to wear a mask. I was totally cool with that. If that makes you feel better, yeah. power of the people. I am not. And so like I didn't wear a mask when I was at work the other day in the office. I just pulled around with that one because I'm like, I'm fucking done. Um, and so, you know, um, if you want to wear one, I don't care. I see. I haven't been to. I haven't really been in much other places. I worked from home again today and was was on the phone most of the time. So I wasn't even out and about or running the errands. Uh, tomorrow I'm going to town to the office. So we'll see what that looks like if it's updated uh, since then. So you know we'll see if the the wind Dixie. Everybody's wearing masks, or some people are, some people aren't. So um, I've not heard much like locally. Uh, from people like I can't believe this guy did this or it's about time uh, I've heard more from people from other states who are like hey I just heard this is this true I'm like well yes you get the same news that I do probably so that's yeah, true <laughs> um, could it be? yeah what's that Rich I said could it be I think Idaho is going to follow you it makes sense yeah 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 it's um it it's weird. I, on one hand, I'm like, you know, the state should have the choice. On the other hand, I'm like, I think, I think it needs to be universal because if you're just going to have crap back and forth, if you're traveling between states or, you know, school and all these other things that are going to go on, if they're still behind, you're not doing the same thing, then it'll even be a bigger cluster than it's been so far. It's, it's sort of like, uh, I don't know. I was thinking, like, we tried the lockdown and everything. We tried to slow everything down, defeat the virus. But, like, that didn't work. Let's, well, you're not – no. I mean, just stop trying. If I, if I don't – if I recall correctly, going back in the memory bank, when we first said, hey, this thing floats in the air and kills people like, you know, vampires in the sunlight, uh, we need everybody to kind of hold back, stay home, hunker down, and that way – so we wouldn't overrun – the hospitals in our system i think that's right. the reason we were given like why you should stay home i, yeah, I believe 100 sure. um and then uh in one of the biggest mistakes in my recent history i know we all said okay and then after two weeks we didn't say go pound sand and go back to normal we kept going down the rabbit hole yeah and so yeah we're not going to get rid of the virus even if there is a vaccine a who knows when it's going to be in place b not everybody responds the same to a vaccine. We know that. C, the vaccine 
is only good for this specific virus or that range. The virus keeps changing because as I've said to anybody who will listen to me, it's not like we just landed on this planet in February and this is the first time there's been this really mysterious airborne thing that makes some people sick. This shit's been going on for centuries. So it's going to keep going on. We're not going to like claim victory over the Rona. Um, we're just going to keep moving forward. That's what I think. So yeah, it kills some people. So does cancer, so does diabetes, so does the regular flu. I know we've pounded on this before, but I'm like, staying home is not the answer. I think, yeah, I want you to stay home in your little cube. I want you to wipe everything down with enough Lysol to kill anything. And then eventually you're probably going to go outside and bee pollen will probably tip you over. So um, Joel just tipped uh, over and Richard's dying to say something I can tell, but. The scorecard for the human race against viruses is viruses about a billion something and humans yeah. still zero. We haven't beat one yet. No, exactly. I mean, we, just, we didn't hear polio. Actually, they're actually having a flare-up of polio in India. That's a new version of it. Mm -hmm. uh, well, that's I mean, pretty good, though. But we got living but bacteria? It's the whole point. It's like you never get done with something. You just learn how to live with it and move on. And so, oh well, yeah, yeah, uh, essentially know, defeated like HIV type of thing, right? Man, still out there, yeah, managing it, yeah. And yeah, I think managed, that's what we do yeah. with all these things. Like well, some people, some people get flu shots every year. That's fine. They're having, they're having a rabies outbreak currently in, uh, I want to say Harney County. Yeah. So, I mean, we haven't figured out <laughs> rabies yet. <laughs> all right. I don't know. It's like Floyd main, Mayweather managed that uh, Hispanic fella. He didn't beat him. Manny? He just, You're talking about Manny yeah. Pacquiao? Oh, yeah. yeah. Filipino. Yeah. Yeah. Floyd Mayweather yeah. Uh, managed him. He didn't beat him. I, I he managed. So uh, what's his dick, too? Yeah. Yeah. Where that's I... the whole point, man. Like, you don't ever say, all right, it's all gone. You can come out now. It's not like a fire when it goes out. It doesn't happen. It's always going to be there. It's always been there anyways. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, after the first two weeks when we figured out, like, this is not instant death, there's, you know, I was like, if the homeless aren't dropping like flies everywhere, it's not what they said it was. And we should have went back to green flag racing right then and there. But um, part of it's because it's an election year, let's be honest. Uh, part of it, like, like my old professor said, never give a nerd authority. So if you got a mayor, or governor just dying to have their thumb on the shit. We've seen it everywhere. So why people get all excited about that, I don't know. It doesn't I, add up to me. I think uh, that Mayweather is going to manage Tyson like uh, Africa manages Ebola. Yes. Uh, I think just what? the wind going by from a missed Tyson punch could probably cause internal bleeding, I'm thinking. I don't keep up on boxing, but I've noticed that Mike Tyson's training or Floyd Mayweather and Tyson boxing. I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. What are they? The, oh, what are, that's the what last video I saw of Tyson. He looked better than he ever had. I'm, I'm not kidding. If you took away the gray beard, like I was like, holy shiitake. He was quick. Yeah, that's he, a good. I think that's a good way to get Tyson some money, though. He was telling, hurting. No, he's got, he's, his, going back he's got his marijuana ranch, dude. He's... So, sorry, Rich, go ahead. I said he's telling Joe Rogan he's, he was visiting some old dark places of his past. I hope it's not the ear biting off past, but yeah, never know. 
Yeah. Be entertaining. Don't know. <laughs> That's what we're all about in this country, being entertained. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. If the story didn't get was wasn't as big as it probably would be now as Mike Tyson's kid getting killed on the treadmill. Most people probably don't even know about that. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Like if that happened now, that'd be a scandal. Um, yeah, the kid was like playing on the treadmill and apparently like fell and got caught in something and choked him to death. Oh, it's like, a, like get his like something like on his clothes get wrapped around something or yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, was, I, it was never it was not a big story but it definitely happened yeah i would uh if you'd have given me a true or false on that one i'd have been flipping a coin i had not heard that interesting i would, I would imagine they figured that they got everything out of the robin Givens story how many so, scandals can one person weather in their life oh now now that that's a dynamite lead-in to talking about the debates. <laughs> well done, Richard. That's a perfect transition, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're because uh, we do have a movie of the week also, but uh, Raleigh's not here yet, and so uh, we did kind of delay a little bit. So um, let's just run around the horn a little bit and, and say uh, what's your initial thoughts and reactions to what uh, what we watched tonight for an hour and a half. Want me to start? I was going to interrupt you. Oh, no, I'm going to talk over. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead, Richard, please. I thought it was a Reagan and Gorbachev in Moscow moment. I mean, if you remember nothing else about the whole debate, you saw one physically uh, sort of uh, robust individual against somebody that is in the waning years of their life. And just the optics alone is probably, you could say all day who won the debate and who didn't, but psychologically, I think the contrast between the two gentlemen on the stage was rather significant. So um, I did think uh, cognitively Biden gave a good stand. I mean, like it probably wasn't the, I wouldn't say it was one of the best debate performances, I wouldn't even say it was in the top 20 bait debate performances. I thought it was pretty weak, but he held his ground. And, uh, I, you know, it was a tough debate. And I think that Trump uh, purposely tried to keep him on his heels the entire debate. Mm -hmm. uh, managed the moderator uh, very effectively. So <laughs> uh, I would say that in the... The annals of presidential debates, this one will be a uh, one that's studied, but never will have that much validity as any watershed moment happening. Yeah. That's interesting. You brought up the physical component just by looking like basically you could have it on mute and you, you'd have just that portion of alone of, of what, you're, what you see as informative. Well, and I think I should explain the Moscow and Reagan thing because maybe some people don't know what it is. Um, in the 80s, when they were doing the nuclear de-escalation arguments, mm -hmm. Reagan went to Russia for the first time. It was like 20 below. Yeah. Anyways, so he was, the Russians were playing a game where they weighed, weighed on Gorbachev. So there was this beautiful uh, 
setting, sort of a little, looks a little bit like the White House, these long stairs. And uh, so Reagan was getting frustrated. So Gorbachev comes and they can see him getting out of the car and he's got one of those Russian fur hats on and he's got yeah. Russian um, long coat fur and he's he's bundled up. So Reagan takes his mm -hmm. jacket off and rolls his sleeves up and bounds down the stairs to greet him. Yeah. And, and all the world's cameras were on it. And from that time on, it made Gorbachev look like the weaker of the two men. Yeah, and, and gave him Gorbachev a upper hand. A formidable person, but the optics yeah. of it. And it was so subtle that it wasn't until years later that people started picking up on what a psychological advantage that Reagan created for himself. And he did it purposely. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate you reviewing that too, because I'm sure, even though our our major demographic is mostly our age, not everybody remembers that or uh, thinks about it. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. I feel like that's maybe what they were going for, and it's a, it's a little unfortunate that people maybe would <clears throat> would view it like that. But and that would be a thing if Trump just wasn't such a fucking dickhead and incompetent up there, like. <laughs> the constant interrupting i want i was shouting from my couch shut the fuck up uh, i wish biden would have just said that like yeah. shut up for a second like, give me two minutes literally fucking buffoon i, I think you would have done it you would have done so when you, better when, when you say like he yeah. like controlled the moderator and if that's the goal great that's one way to look at it the other way yeah he controlled the moderator but how he did it was flawed yeah, there's a risk in what he did. He took a huge risk yeah. and yeah, but it was embarrassing for Trump, man. I think he lost my might have literally lost my vote. He couldn't shut the fuck up for two minutes. Yeah, I think part of his tactic to go against Biden. I would have preferred he was quiet and was more on point and, and to, from my point of view, more to separate himself from the stammering of Biden and be more clear and concise and and honestly i'm gonna say this and i never thought i would and more presidential um that's my yeah. thought i i think he missed some chances to have some really good answers to the questions by still being on topics before or running around in a bit of a circle uh in my opinion you know i i think he missed some chances where he could have really set the record or really piled it on he had a couple zingers which i think was his goal um, I think the second debate is going to be different for sure. Uh, I, I think we'll see a completely different both sides. I'm sure. I hope anyways. Yeah, I, I do agree, Joel. Like I didn't find it appealing. Um, I know you, you don't want to get ran over either. That would be even the worst case scenario is, you know, Trump couldn't get a word in from, from Biden if you're looking at it from that point of view, but I wish he would have honored the, the not as butted in as much. And I think he's missed some opportunities of really knocking the crap out of it. Well, Let me say something real quick because I think I'm going to forget because I had some of my, my candy. Mm. But, uh, <laughs> I think Trump's strategy has always been like he, he tries to appeal to the common person yeah. and overdoes that to an extent to even dig down into like people who have been historically ignored in, in these settings. 
and I'm just thinking like they they just brought that to a presidential debate stage or not they Trump did Trump brought that to the presidential debate stage where he's dumbed down the process so much that I just don't think even these debates are for people like us they're they're so far below us like we're not going to learn anything new about them all we're going to do is yeah point out their inaccuracies and they're appealing to a group of people that we we hardly know we we definitely know some but the lowest common denominator yeah we don't associate with them but i think maybe that's what he's going for right now but that's unfortunate that a presidential debate america's been so dumbed down that even a presidential debate now is like not for an intelligent audience Richard, what are you thinking? Does that make any sense? I'm going to classify my next observation and my prediction this way. I'm not voting for either Biden or Trump. I'm going to vote for Joe Jorgensen. So I'm not in either of these guys' camps. So I'm going to just tell you what happened, what I think happened tonight. I think that Trump just stole the, 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 um, the narrative till the next election and by, or till the next debate. So everybody's going to talk about how Haiti is, what a jackass he was, mm-hmm. what an asshole he was. But it puts Biden in a bad position because he can't whine and he can't back out of the next debate because the the dialogue mm-hmm. would be, look at this. So Trump beat him up a little bit and he was an asshole. What kind of treat, treatment do you think he's going to get on the world stage? If he can't handle a little bit of Trump being an asshole on stage, then how is he going to go into a debate with uh, China or with Putin? and come out on top. He obviously uh, didn't stick up for himself. He often relied on Wallace to do it. Mm -hmm. And uh, Trump bullied both Wallace and Biden. So he can't really say, oh, Trump was mean to me and back out because then it says, is this the guy you want on the world stage defending your country? So he's in a bad position. And uh, I think it was masterfully played and planned out by Trump, Mm -hmm. knowing that this is exactly what the narrative was gonna be. And the media is going to go for it hook, line, and sinker instead of give an analytical um, approach as to what the strategy of Trump was going into that. They're going to make him a monster and a bully, and they'll, that's exactly what he played it up to be. But Yeah, and that's why I think the next one will be different, too. Yeah. The world's they have a different mon- approach. The world's full of monsters and bullies. So, And you expect your president to have the backbone and spine to stand up to him, and Biden showed that he had neither of those. So, good point. I think you both had great points. Uh, actually, yeah, I, I think it's. I don't think, from what we've seen from Trump, he ever does anything by accident or that's not planned. At least four steps down the line. I, I mean, I'll have to tip my hat on that. Um, to maybe him, he's just everything we've accidentally, seen so far. Maybe he's just accidentally brilliant. <laughs> like, like, yeah, he, I, I mean, wonder. He, Stop this and look is how that it's guy, played out. Look where but he came from and where he's it. ended up today. Okay. No, like, no, 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 I no. mean, like, um, you got to tip your hat there, whether you like him or not. You're like, okay, he's here. You know, um, he's doing shit like nobody's ever done before. So, uh, yeah. And I, so I, that's why I said that the next debate is going to be different. I think he's going to have a different approach. Um, he's going to come with another left, I think. So that's my opinion. That's, that's sure shit what I would do. 
the next debate I'd be completely different and attack in a completely different way than the first one. But that's just me. So we'll see. Biden definitely gets a few points for his tie selection. Some point. Even though <laughs> I don't nice think he, I doubt he chose it, but it still was good. Yes. Yeah. I agree. He's a sharper, nice, sharper dresser for sure. Nice, uh, nice knot too. I'm a knot, kind of a knot nerd when it comes to ties. So, man, that reminds me. I haven't had, I haven't had tie day Friday in a long time. I'm kind of missing that. So He's going to have to get out more. He's going to have to be out more. I don't think, I think that uh, he's oh. going to have to put in a push for the next 34 days. He's been shutting down the campaign by like nine o'clock in the morning, dude. Yeah. That's those days yeah. are over. So yeah. Um but I uh I think that he put the cognitive I mean it was probably the, it's probably some visible cognitive issues there, but I don't think he's completely lost. I think he put that to bed. He pretty much withheld the whole thing. I mean he did I mean he had he was having some hiccups and some stuttering and that mm -hmm. kind of stuff, but uh I mean, he's 80-something or 70. 70-something, but yeah. I don't care how, how old you are, man. Like, if you can't hack it, you can't hack it. Like, um, I have – I just found out yesterday, or maybe it was today, actually, I saw um, Diane Feinstein is like 88 years old or 87 years old. That's ridiculous. I'm sorry. Because, uh, they well, they had that big controversy with her flying out of some airport private airport no mask on and like a month ago she's writing letters to all the airlines demanding everybody wears masks so she and her little dog are traveling through the airport um and i was like oh my and then they said their age and i was like i'm not ageist or anything but i think there comes a time where you have to be like look <laughs> i know you can't even get dressed by yourself let alone where you're at today you shouldn't be in a leadership role of the country. I'm just saying, there's going to be a point. You got to make that hard call. So, Joel, are you in the excessive. lead? Are you in the lead of the millennials? In the in the lead? Are you as far as millennial? Yeah. Am I a millennial? Yes. When yeah. Fair, well, yeah, but I think by official accounts, I'm, I'm like about the oldest millennial you can be. I think I think eighty two is when millennials started. Because it's X I'm and there's a Y Z. Is it X Y Z and then millennials? Is that what it is? Or what? No, it's, it goes. There's a there's a, like Ricard is in a little wasp generation. Then millennials start. My dad was in a lost generation because not technically a boomer. Mm. Mom's a boomer. Um, but you can just gravitate towards whatever one. My dad's always claimed a boomer, and my sister would probably claim Xer. So. Um, but uh, I think the interesting thing about politics is, and I think we see it now with longer life expectancies, is it used to be every generation got, a pol got their politicians. Mm -hmm. Generation X is really the first generation that will have no politicians. We had one president, which was Obama, very few senators, yeah. and a, few, a handful of congressmen. But what's going to happen is there's going to be a whole transfer of power where one significant population was just skipped completely. So the handoff of power is going to go from boomers because they're going to hold on until they all die. 
And by that time, most Xers will be aged out and bulk of the power will transfer straight to the millennials. Yeah. So um, I think that that's an interesting argument for term limits because every generation should have an opportunity to shape the country because if the millennials don't give up power, that means it'll be generations will get skipped. Probably two generations will get skipped before another generation gets to take the reins of the power in the United States. I mean, Generation X is still fairly young. You're gonna, you're, their time will come. They're gonna get politicians. Like a gener, Gen X, I think Gen X is probably about forty-five to fifty. The next, um, I bet you the next president will be a millennial. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's safe to say that it's gonna just how it lines out. It's gonna skip. I'm thinking. It depends on the, I guess, part of the people too. Um, I don't think so. I think yeah. a candidate might be a millennial, maybe, but. Like Buttigieg would would have been would it I think he would have been a millennial, right? So was anybody he? older than him is gonna be X. There'll be there might be uh, sorry to say. I think it more depends on the person really than than what uh category they're in. And I've I've always been against hard term limits because I'm like that's why you vote, so you have term limits, but uh it's also difficult to get new candidates into the unquote system at times people do it i think now more than ever with social media and ways you can promote yourself i think that has gone by the wayside to degree but still up to the i think national committees to a large portion but um yeah i think term limits are you vote their ass out that's me i do think there should be a cap though on age my lord it just strikes me like you look at a lot of the leadership and you're like I have some friends and people I know that I hang out with that are in their mid seventies. They're the first to tell you like, I'm not, I don't have it going on. Like I used to, I know that like they're still doing good, but they're like, there's times I'm weak and I don't have what I need to have, get this stuff done to see what's her name walking through the airport. She looked like a specter. Like it was not a person. It was, it looked like the, the librarian ghost at the beginning of ghostbusters is what she looks like. Yeah. It's Do you think they should have uh, term limits on Supreme court? Age limits? Well, term limits or age limits, yeah. I don't think they should have term limits. No, we lost Richard for some reason. I don't think they should have term limits. No. Um, I think it's the same kind of thing. I think, like, is there a national level where, like, pretty much mandatory retirement? Um, no, I don't know. Actually, that used to be a thing in companies. I don't know if they mm -hmm. still do that. I don't know. I, I'm thinking, like, by 80, like, we – I'm just throwing it out there. 80 – we've had enough yet. Okay. You know, sorry, you, you've done your time. Go relax and go fly fishing somewhere. You're 80 years old. Enjoy it. Go do something else. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe even just give them money once you're 80 or once you're a certain age. It's like, they can retire. you can't yeah. afford to retire here. We'll help you. They can afford. Yeah. There's Richard. Is he back? Yeah. Can't you see him? Yep. There he is. Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> like what are you seeing that i'm not or what are you not seeing that i am yeah is he back oh yeah we were talking about like age limits or term limits on supreme court or like i'm like i think once you're 80 your public service has been done we thank you for your time and and uh you know you can go advise or do whatever you want when you're you're fly fishing buddy I, I think there comes a point. Yeah. Oh, I wonder how the Supreme Court actually operates. I'd like to read a, maybe a book about that. I'm sure there is one about how 
the inner, like the inner workings. Sure, we have a justice is on the court, but they probably have an enormous staff of people, right? Like teams of lawyers and. Absolutely. I, w- yeah. I wonder, I wonder how many of these decisions are actually there. Like th- if they've reviewed everything and they, or if maybe their staff has just filled them in and they've kind of, their team has made a decision. No. No, it's they, uh, that's why they turn down so many cases. Yeah. Oh, I'd agree. say it's probably the one institute has honored the its in the, its intention the longest and the state truest to what its what its purpose was meant to be. Without um, what would you say? Uh, um, Mission creep. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, because they're often, you know, they're always, there's the majority and then there's always the dissenting opinion. Um, and, and they take great pride in writing either one of those. And, and I think, yeah, there's a lot of people help gather information. Obviously, that one of the most, you know, profound things you can do is go clerk for a Supreme Court justice. But yeah, um, they're the one putting pen to paper, I think. The mo- no, I, I think that it's almost guaranteed because if you had a bunch of different staff that was rotating in and out, Mm-hmm. That because the court cases are so methodically studied, every person has an individual type of uh, lexicon. And if other people were writing their t- their opinions, you would see oh, yeah. changes in that lexicon, and the people that review those over and over again would eventually start to pick up Guaranteed. where the where the transfer or the lexicon change. So absolutely. Yeah. If you told all three of us the story and had us write it down with the same, you know, get to this point here, I'll tell it to you. You could pretty much guess by reading who wrote it, even though it's all the same story, we're all going to write it differently. Um, get to the same point, but we're going to say different words. So that, that's, um, we inadvertently ended on that, but what, what, what's your thoughts on, because this is a huge topic right now about the lady that uh, Trump just nominated for Supreme court opening um, do you think uh, they have the right to nominate somebody, quote unquote, this uh, close to an election, or what? Or even your thoughts just on the process and how we do this still? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amy Cody Barrett. Yeah, ACB. ACB. Yeah. You know what I thought was the most funny thing is that when I was when I first heard about it and they were talking and I caught the middle part of uh, CNN or some um, news thing on YouTube. I'm not 100 percent sure what channel it was, and they were talking about the kooky religion that she was from and Handmaid's Tale, and I was like, "This is a weird religion." So I quickly <laughs> pulled out my Google machine and Googled what religion she was, and I realized that it's my religion, and I didn't recognize anything they were talking about in the Catholicism that they were talking about yeah. on that particular station. I was like, "How can you live in the United States?" I mean, we're not a, we're not the biggest religion, but we're pretty common. I mean, yeah, and, uh, yeah. I bet a lot of people who have been to Catholic Mass one time or another should absolutely, <laughs> honestly know that that is absolutely not how the Catholic things go down in the Catholic Church. But uh, I was fascinated by that, that I couldn't even recognize my own religion in the narrative. That says a lot. Um, and just recently, 
Miss um, Pelosi was very adamant that she is Catholic and she prays and so's good old Joe from Scranton, you know. So I, I just find it intriguing that some people can be religious and other people shouldn't or can't. I don't know what part of Ireland he his family is from, but I never met an Irishman like that. No, sir. No. <laughs> no, sir. Yeah, maybe that's their some of the potato famine ones or something that just didn't all come together. Yeah. So Mr. Joel, what I mean, I'm curious what you you must hear a lot of different stuff throughout the day about this whole uh process, as I haven't found the saying. I can't make up my mind on it. I think I just gotta look at it reasonably and say yeah he should probably fill the seat because that's what he mm -hmm. has the power to do and he has the senate control to do it like okay why wouldn't you i mean it can be kind of a yeah. ridiculous reason not to and that but at the same time it's you know by doing that you deserve the heat that you're going to take you're going to take some shit for it and you deserve it because when obama was you know, that when that situation happened, they agreed, okay, we're this close to an election, we'll wait. Of course, yeah, but they didn't have the power the, to put it through, that's why. That's right, why they, they didn't have the wait. Senate. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, you for know, sure. Yeah, but, they're all righteous about it now because they couldn't do shit about it anyway, so. Well, the Republicans are being all righteous. I mean, I mean it, it's, just a, it's just one of the symptoms you see with how divided people are if people couldn't reasonably come together and be like yes obama is a president he is entitled mm -hmm. to fill this seat on the court we're gonna take a judgment in good faith on the supreme court and then you'd avoid this other bullshit that now it's and it's just gonna get worse and worse right well the, the fact that really hurts the most and makes me the sad it really makes me sad is the fact that it even matters what president nominates a judge and people think that's gonna like so shape the direction and decisions of the court that interprets the constitution that's the part that really kills me is yeah you may not be your favorite favorite person in the world but but a two things who nominates them shouldn't really have shit to do with how they interpret the constitution for one and b this recent trend of just absolutely destroying somebody at any means possible because they were nominated by the other side is just sickening. Like to see the stuff they're already saying about this woman about adopting children, you'd think she's the biggest animal in the world. And I'm like, well, where's all this chaos when Angelina Jolie is adopting half a freaking village? I mean, like, it's just, it just blows your mind when you think like, where are they going to come from this time? Is she the other person at Kavanaugh's party that was banging people? Like, it's so ridiculous that it gets to that point because a, it really shouldn't matter who as a president picks what's judge. I know that seems a little bit, you know, freaking Pollyanna, but really it's a judge. It's supposed to read and interpret the constitution. That's their job. Yeah. And I think they're all, even if they don't agree with you, like they're all reasonable. They're all smart people. It's not like you're throwing up me, the, lo yeah, the local like, public defender or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> the shitty tie and, the, you know, breed up, like, you know, you look at, and that's my, my thought is like, you just, you shouldn't even know the name of the person or the sex of the person or anything. It should be their judge record. Like, seriously, like they went to this school, they got these grades, 
They clerked here. They did this. Here's their record. Which of these three people do you think is the best? Why not? Like, and then you get done, you find out like, oh, we just nominated a such and such. Well, we went by the record. You know, we didn't have to even see them. And all these questions they try to ask him, like, that's ridiculous too because most of them they're going to say, well, I can't answer that because it might be in a case someday. So I don't want to say, you know, it's like the whole the whole nomination process, I think, is about a half-ass well, backwards too. Well, everyone's worried about Roe v. Wade and, that, and it came up in the debate tonight. Oh, yeah. And Roe v. Wade is one of these things where, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what year that judgment came, but it feels like, okay, so it's been my whole life, but Democrats won't shut up about that thing, and Republicans won't shut up about it, about protecting, well, about overturning it, and Republicans, or Democrats want to protect it, and for people like me who literally do not give a shit, and it's half of the argument is about this one stupid thing. Like, I, I could take it or leave it. I really don't care. It's like, well, Joe, I think you might be a libertarian. <laughs> <laughs> this just in, yeah. <laughs> Local Brooklyn man discovers he's libertarian. News at 11. <laughs> well, it's just such a, I just wish the discussion on it would just go away. I don't want to hear about it anymore. Pick a side, whatever it is. Let's stop talking about it. Yeah. I, I gotta yeah, it's, it's one of those. Go ahead. Yeah. I got to stand up for my point. Please do. Okay. Are you ready? Oh, thank you, man. But the boys camp. You got to fund the boys camp. How's my Jimmy Stewart impression? Okay. <laughs> Glad you clarified that. Yes. <laughs> if you're just <laughs> listening to this podcast, <laughs> Consider yourself lucky that you didn't see that. But go ahead, Jesse. <laughs> Look, if the filibuster was still around, yes. the Democrats could stop this. Exactly. Who got, but, rid of the, who got rid of the filibuster? Yeah. Harry Reid. Super, yeah. Harry yeah. Reid? Yeah. The last time the Democrats were in control, they got rid of it. Isn't yeah. Harry Reid the guy that used to be a Republican and moved to Democrats? I don't know. Sort of Him and that. Super Chuck, yeah, Nevada, yeah, that crooked bastard. Him and Super Chuck Schumer, yeah, they were the masterminds behind that. Um, and now they're going, damn. But at the time, that's it what they did so they purpose. could do what they wanted. Yeah, it served yeah. its purpose at the time. So it's kind of you reap what you sow sort of deal. Um, and, and the argument, you know, like the people need to choose the president and the senators. Like, Well, they did. You, you don't freaking know when a Supreme Court justice seat's going to come yeah. open. I'm sure they're ever. kicking themselves. I'm sure they're kicking themselves for the filibuster thing, but yeah, I, d I remember that. That was, I was in college when that was a big mm -hmm. thing. And that's because the Republicans were abusing the filibuster. I think they like, there, there's no such thing as abusing the filibuster. Everything. That's what it's. No, what there it is. is. There I mean, is because literally if you wanted in the old days, if you wanted to do a filibuster, you'd literally had to sit your ass there and, and read or something for mm -hmm. 14 hours. Now they just say like filibuster. Yeah. Make them work for it. Make the fuckers I work I totally for agree. It. Yes, absolutely. It should be the traditional Mr. Smith goes to Washington filibuster, you know. If you, um, if you care this much about it and you're willing to fill it, invoke mm -hmm. the filibuster, sit your ass here and read to us today. Like... Totally agree. Yeah. Don't just yeah. say I'm filler bustering. You know, that, that's not it. I, I don't, that don't cut the mustard with me, but, uh, 
Yeah. yeah, it's one of those parliamentary procedures, man. So you kill it, it's gone. But yeah, the whole thing about waiting, I don't agree. Like you don't know when a seat's going to come open. Like somebody could get sick, somebody could like fall over backwards in their big ass chair and get hung up on their robe. Who knows? Like you just somebody, don't know, man. Somebody made the awesome point that uh, Stephen Byer was about as likely to go as Innsburg. I mean, there was yeah. two 80 plus year olds on the Supreme Court that are in very frail health. So, I mean, it, yeah. if it wasn't Ruth, it could have been him. And like, uh, like I said, any trick of fate could have killed any of them. Like, what's uh, not Alito? Um, uh, Scalise. Uh, yeah, the one that died in Texas. Yeah. I think he went down there planning to die. No, like, it's one of those things. Like, it's kind of a roll of the dice of how everything else rolled out. Have the Senate, Republican president, open spot. I mean, and it's they're calling it illegitimate, which I, that's that was the new talking point word I heard today about nine times of this illegitimate uh, nominee. I was like, dude, she seems pretty qualified. I mean, I mean, what? Like, <laughs> it's just like Richard said. They're describing her religion. It's Richard's religion, and he doesn't recognize it from how they're describing it. That's like describing your home in a way that you don't even recognize it. I mean, that's how crazy that is. So, yeah, or, or your significant other, you know, like, <laughs> wait a minute, you're describing, you just described me. Is that really me? Yeah, so it's, it gets too political, and that's the sad part about it. And I, I love the world of politics, but I think just assholes. Um, she is, she is involved in some, like, she, as far as Catholics goes, most Catholics are going to church once in a while. So she like takes this shit seriously, right? <laughs> she likes to play make believe. So she's it has more, a, li- a little maybe more devout than somebody. Than <laughs> Just yeah. because somebody's more devout. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm fine with it. I don't care. I don't care that much. But like, it is a little ridiculous. An adult like her, an educated, smart, reasoned adult, believes that nonsense. Like. Come on. I would disagree with that. I mean, that's your opinion, but I mean, everybody has a different, either they do or they don't, a theological belief. You don't outgrow it. I think you probably grow more towards it in some cases. But I was sending you the uh, Jordan Peterson book. The, the, the morals that it teaches you and, and the, I guess the ethics that come oh, with that. The guidance, is, the comfort. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's all good. And, that's all good and well, but if you actually, yeah. To actually practice it is that you think it goes too far? If you believe in the no, if you just be, like literally believe in the end game of that, you know, like I don't, maybe you shouldn't get into all that stuff. But no, no, it's good. Right. You can get into it. I, I just you need to listen. You need to read the Jordan Peterson book or watch some YouTube videos on him. There's a very useful purpose in society for religion, and it doesn't have to be sure or more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jewish. yeah. It, we all agree on that for sure. Yeah. Well, it's, we should it's be about having at, something to believe in and guide you. I get that, but um, we, yeah. we should be damn happy that we have some religious structures that give people some moral bearings instead of riding around the Russian steps killing people on our horses. So, I mean, well, that's a fun Thursday, but don't yeah. get me wrong. But, but I mean, that's the glue that the the rituals and the mm-hmm. myths and the um 
the beliefs that people hold is what holds this rickety thing together. And once you start abandoning that and condemning people based on what they choose to believe and how deeply they choose to believe it, then, or what rituals they choose to anchor themselves in, then you're setting yourself up for like barbaric era type behavior. And we evolved this way and we evolved with religion and news to Absolutely. say that we're not going to evolve out of it with some other more altruistic approach to life, but it's not, it's the glue that binds us together now. Sorry. That was a it's an, uh, No, it's great. I mean, I agree. It's, it's in, you know, in a, in an elementary fashion of looking at it, it's why we're all here right now, you know, because we came here to be able to do that. And so that's why we, one of the things we have to hold precious in my mind, uh, unless you're killing chickens and like swinging around the street, give blood on everybody and like go do your religion as much as you want, uh, maintain yourself in society. Don't do anything legal, but I'm, I'm really, that's, that's why we came to America to begin with. Supposedly, I'm sure there's a lot of the reasons going on. Well, that's the story we've been told. So, yeah, it's it's one of our true fundamental rights. And, and Richard, you couldn't say it better. But it really is the glue that holds it all together. Is a common belief in something else besides yourself, really. God, Joe, you're such a good catalyst. You know that? That's I love it. <laughs> just a great I, catalyst. I was, I'm sitting here thinking if if everybody if everybody was just a Mormon, we'd have a utopia. No, because uh, we're people. We're people. They all man. well. Well, I'm just saying Mormons are always really hardworking, friendly no, people. No. I think more Amish. If we were all Amish, it'd be shitload better. Yeah, the Quakers. No. Yeah, the Mennonites. You know, I've I've learned a lot about the Mennonites in the last two years, and uh, I have nothing but respect and props for but i'm sure there's some squirrely stuff that goes on in the camps but yeah yeah it's a relationship uh i really appreciate it and i love their governance and i love how they put their community first and uh probably like the more, too yeah yeah so it's interesting yeah. i always liked working with the hoots they were uh they were good people yeah but you know they do stuff differently they're pretty committed to that stuff too um yeah indeed I always oh. wanted to go to a shaker church, but oh yeah. <laughs> now, see, I'd probably draw the line like uh, you know the snake snake healers or whatever. Yeah, I'd probably do without that because I don't like snakes. So even being in their presence, I could do without that. Just saying. Quite the uh, I, I you know I, I try to keep notes during these conversations so I could somewhat remotely. Uh, have some in, inside and intellect when I put together the, the episode description, you know, because sometimes it's a day or two after we get it recorded before I get to uh, put that all together. So this week is going to be highly entertaining and, and look more like a uh, poli-sci class 305 or something, but it'll be quite entertaining. <laughs> oh. oh, this seems like a good uh, injection point. Uh, we had some... Uh, I used to call it like listener mail or viewer mail. I think I'm just going to go with fan mail. Uh, <laughs> I, I just better description, I think. So uh, a few weeks ago, we were talking about, one of us brought up about corn. 
and how many, you know, ears are on a stalk and all this. So, uh, Mr. John D. in Washington wrote and said, hey, you dummies, corn only has two ears per stalk. <laughs> Turns out he's right. I looked it up. Yeah. Hope you learned something from that. Despite that, I really like listening to your podcast. It really makes my day. I've even listened some more than once. Keep up the good wow. work. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it starts off with, hey, you dummies, uh, because he's sort of disappointed in all of us, you know, in the ag world. I'm like, I've never harvested corn. I've walked through a lot of it, but I'm not counting ears. So, well, I, right, I remember, I, I remember asking that question, and then yeah, you guys just kind of made me feel dumb for not knowing the answer. I was like, I don't know, like six or eight or something. Should I guess it all varies? I don't know. Yeah, and then <laughs> then he said it, and I was like, Oh, you're right, dude. You're totally right. He goes, of course I'm right. I'm like, I oh, know, but I'm just saying. Yeah, you're right. So there it goes. But. He is a, uh, a long-standing fan, and like he says, he's even listened to some episodes more than once. I'm like, well, you poor bastard. You I haven't probably... even listened to more episodes more than once. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, man, we got to turn on some more podcasts, too, but I thank you for sharing that. Yeah, so. I, um, I feel now like I should listen to the actual current episodes a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> completely turning worlds upside down here. Like, I might even listen to the shit we say ourselves. I don't know what's going on around here. Oh, my God. That's too funny. Yeah. Oh. Well, we'd had some, we had a movie of the week, too. Um, but since Raleigh's not here, and it was his movie, I propose that we hold off on that until next time. Um, we can talk about Letterkenny more. <laughs> well, we always can do that. Yes. Uh, so. <laughs> That would be, I was going to say, and you know, we, I think we fully covered the intellectual moment of the week inadvertently, which I find uh, glorious. Just about our really insightful Supreme Court discussion, and even the overall, um, I think we touched on that with religion, touched on that with the debate, term limits. Uh, yeah, that's Supreme Court. Yeah, what are you supposed to do? The three things you're never supposed to talk to about a dinner of religion, politics, and what's the other thing? Uh, money. The money? Oh, come yeah. on. We're on a streak. Let's go for money. Let's let's bust them. I think that's a sales rule too. Like don't talk about religion or politics or money. Yeah. It can't be money. Is money really the third one? I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah. It's our rules, I guess. What money Dan let's talk about money. Washington say. <laughs> yeah. I'll get a hold of John D. He'll let us know what's going on. Yeah. John, what's the third? And John's one of the best salesmen I've ever met in my entire life. So he'll know what the third rule is. He'll probably be like, oh, hell, there's nothing off limits. If you're good enough, that's probably going to be John's answer, I'm going to guess. Yeah. So, and with him, I, I'd agree. That son bitch used to drive so much. He had a huge territory. And so he had this big, uh, big regular van. He had a huge van he drove around when we did pharmaceutical work together. So he got his oil changed like on a Friday afternoon at this place. And he was back on like Monday morning to get his oil changed again. And the guy's like, uh, do we do something wrong? Were you just in there? He's like, yeah, but I get my oil changed every 3,000 miles. I did 3,000 miles, so I'm back. And the guy's like, holy crap, dude. Like, what? You just put it in the driveway up on blocks and wedge the gas down? And, nah, he's just this maniac that sells all the time. So that's one of my favorite JD stories. Well, I have a lot, lot more, but we'll have to get him on for that. So, um, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> so the next debate is in a week is that correct i don't know 
Somebody nod and say yes. Of course it is. Yeah, I think that was one of the final words they said tonight before they they took off. That it was. It's in a week. I think it's October sixth or seventh or something like that. So, um, yeah, that'll be interesting to see the um, any updated strategy or any any. Uh, it's, it'd be a different moderator, won't it? Is that does anybody know? Yeah, it should be on a different ne network. Network. Moderator. Yeah, might be a panel this time. Oh yes, mm. and then we got Pence and Harris. Yeah, okay, that'll be an interesting one. I wonder if they can figure out a way to to raise up like a soundproof shield or something between Trump. They should just when I it's thought not about his just, turn to talk. They should like a microwave. I just I can turn your microphone off. Like it's going to be like the kill button. Like yeah, and now you say nothing. Yeah. That's just me. I think mudslinging is a time-honored uh, tradition oh, yeah. in politics. So, I mean, one of the best debates I ever saw was Ann Richards against uh, George Bush in Texas. Oh, that'd have been some good stuff there, Maynard. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was. It, she was the queen. I, I would like can... to resurrect her just to lay into somebody. She was. She was amazing. Some of it was backhanded. Some of it was right up your nose. Yeah. Oh, bless she... your heart. Yeah. Is she the one that beat him the first time he ran or something? She was the incumbent. Yeah. And she, she beat him, right? She may have, yeah. I'm not they think the first time maybe? Yeah. She she had a lot of a lot of swing down there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. She was probably she was probably Texas last Democratic governor. Probably. Well the guy now is kind of weaves in and out of that lane every once in a while anyways. But <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's not bad. So we've bounced around quite a bit, but I think we could, uh, we could certainly uh, start wrapping up with maybe, uh, you know, what we learned. That would be, it's probably going to be extra uh, informative this week. So, Richard, since you're still awake and you put up with our golf talk at the beginning, uh, would you like to shed a little light on perhaps what you've learned? No, this is, I think uh, what I learned was this was a good conversation. And uh, I think we all took the same sort of uh, gut, uh, vert, uh, oh, it's too late for me to remember words. Uh, That's easy for you to say. Yeah. yeah. No, that guttural um, mm -hmm. sort of, I mean, that was Response. a pleasant thing to watch, that debate, on so many different levels. And uh, I think that that's one thing that we've learned is, uh, I would say across the United States, everybody has that same feeling. And it probably doesn't make them feel much better about the future. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. And... Uh, yeah, I think that, uh, well, I'm just happy that everybody in this podcast and probably almost everybody that listens to this podcast is uh, well-informed voters. And uh, however you vote, uh, thanks for putting the time and thinking about stuff about it. And that's uh, invaluable. So I'm just assuming, but yeah, that's my thoughts. I think that's a tremendous point that, um, and maybe that's some good to come out of this debate this evening is 
maybe I imagine a lot of people watched, which means there's a lot of people interested in the process. And I think every year we see fewer and fewer people physically actually vote and, and get involved in it. And I, I think ultimately that's the main goal is you just, just do what you think is right, what you believe and go vote. And I don't mean to sound like the rock to vote dudes because I think those guys are a-holes, but I'm like, be involved in the process. Cause if you're not, you really can't bitch about it. And it, it doesn't have to be anything besides just getting out and voting. If you want to get involved locally, I think it's even better. But uh, I think that's a tremendous point that we often overlook is we complain more about the system and not the fact that any of us really do anything about it or that we need to be involved in, in just knowing what's going on. I don't know. What uh, outlets did you guys watch it on? Say again? What, out, what, what uh, platform did you watch it on? Because I watched it on YouTube fox the fox feed because yeah, it was I, fox and there was what did you watch it on youtube or on the tv tv yeah so on my stream alone there was a million people mm. so joel did you say you don't watch fox is that what you said no i was watching it on fox oh okay okay gotcha and i watched it on youtube tv uh on fox channel so i don't know how that's uh, well, counted. same thing same thing. Yeah. I have that too. I'm just saying if they're on just one YouTube channel mm -hmm. alone, there was a million people. Yeah. And you, it's hard to believe that there was less than six to seven million people watching this. And that's uh, probably a record. Yeah. I, I think there's good, good coverage. Uh, nothing else. People are interested in looking. I think that's the ultimate point. So well stated as usual, Mr. Richard. Mr. Joel and your uh, soon-to-be macrame bead backdrop. What are you thinking, man? What'd you learn? Yeah, I don't. I don't know what I've learned, but um, lately I've been thinking a lot more about like what I thought I used to know or what I thought I knew, and mm -hmm. then stuff gets called into question. It's like it seems like facts used to be more concrete and more common than they are now mm -hmm. there's no there's no like absolutes um and i just think about that a lot more so it's hard to learn something when i don't really trust anything anymore it's a tremendous statement um i've talked about it with some other friends especially around this covid um shit for lack of a better term is i, I was speaking to two other people we all consider ourselves educated probably a tad smarter than the average bear you know, we're not doing uh, calculus in our sleep, but, you know, all, all of us were like, so what, which, what, what does this mean? It was this when it began. It's this now. We don't know why anything is what it is. You can't trust a single damn thing you hear from anybody hardly because the next day it's something completely different. Or you just know, like, that's completely out of bounds or way over politicized. And I think that's so frustrating and sad. That, that and that's that's part of the fuel for a lot of the chaos I think that we see around us is you know uh, either you're not going to believe anything or some people probably believe everything as long as it comes from the place they want it to come from and I've had those conversations too where somebody who's just fed out of the same trough over and over uh, and not willing to um, think about anything different and I, I hear the term your facts I have my facts and you have your facts. I'm like, no, 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 you don't own facts. Facts are facts. Like they are, they are what they are. Like they're not mine or yours. They are. Uh, and, and that like 
head blew off the top of the shoulders. And I'm like, you know, um, but everything from COVID to global warming to, to whatever you want to say, uh, you know, it, it's, I think we have more information now than ever, but I think we know less physically than we probably ever have in history. Um, and it, and it boils down to trust and, and really questioning what you think, you know, which could be from, can be discouraging at times and it could be also, um, a time to, to look at things differently and, and maybe come from a different angle, but it can drive you apeshit too. I saw a great Norm McDonald uh, bit with David Letterman about <laughs> why don't we just agree to disagree? <laughs> oh gosh, that's going to be awesome. And he tells his, tell you this story about going to see his doctor to Dave Letterman and tell it they're arguing about some health thing. I think about him eating or something. And Norm ends the conversation with the doctor and says, well, why don't we just agree to disagree? And the doctor says, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gives Norm this long litany of like, because then you'd still be wrong. <laughs> I'd be wrong for allowing you to believe that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so I, I saw that this weekend. I was thinking about that. Is, uh, yeah, that's the thing with the facts is, uh, yeah, why don't we just dis agree to disagree? And it's like, no. No, <laughs> that's not how any of this works. Yes, as yeah. they say. Yeah, and like so. Uh, obviously, I'm diehard. I'm a my party's a libertarian, and I thought it was an interesting thing is Jill Jorgensen got on. Uh, well, the only network that will carry her, which is the Reason Network, and uh, said, you know, if you really want to protest, you should vote for me. <laughs> <laughs> nice move there. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, yeah, obviously everybody hates everybody. And uh, so I th I just think it's ironic. Um, all this uh, talk about women and uh, leadership and other kind of stuff. There is a party that has a woman mm -hmm. that's nominated. That is semi-structured and semi-legitimate. I mean, last election, because they had Gary Johnson, they got three point, almost 4% of the vote best showing of almost any party since the bull moose party mm -hmm. so i mean maybe it's time that uh yeah we all stop agreeing to disagree and pick our new horses and uh splinter this up a little bit this two-party thing is about for the birds i agree with that i think well and all of us that live through the perot years have, have um sort of gun shy about that too though because um, oftentimes it, it'll siphon one side from the other um, and, and just split that up, uh, unfortunately. And that's what I think happened for Perot for sure. Yeah. Um, and so that's the, that's the risk, I guess, that you take with that. But um, I, I certainly agree. That, can I finish? I can't finish. Can I finish? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that was his famous line. That guy, I mean, like, he was basically the first Trump, like the businessman. He's like, look, we're going to run like a business. He had his little charts and shit out, you know? Um, and really, um, if it was, if, it, if he would have been running on just as the Republican versus, uh, was it Clinton? Yeah. I think he would have won or done a, a hell of a lot more. I think if he would have been the Republican nominee instead of third party, because um, he took a tremendous amount of the votes uh, out of the Republican side. And, and I think that scarred a lot of people. One of my, sorry, I don't want to monopolize this, but one of my favorite state uh, geopolitical thinkers is uh, Peter Zahn. And his favorite line is, 
George Bush was elected at the right time at the right, he was the right man at the right time at the right place to like really start transitioning America <laughs> away from the cold war. He had all the connections in China. He had great mm-hmm. amount of respect worldwide. He was a diplomat. He was the guy and we voted him out of office. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause we thought he was, he was a wimp. Remember? Yeah. That was the big thing about the first G-Dub. He was a wimp. Um, and so, yeah, that, that was, we're not gonna have any of that. So. But the other interesting thing is this is the time for uh, several more parties because this is the first election where I honestly believe, regardless of whether Trump wins or Biden wins, and I, I shouldn't cost as much, but it's going to be a shit show either way. Guarantee you. So why not throw another party in there? Because like, it's not going to make anybody happy, regardless of whoever wins, and we're going to be in for this long slog, like we've just spent the last ninety days in Portland and Seattle and Minneapolis and. Kadoka and whatever and blah blah it's not gonna get better it doesn't matter if trump wins or uh bio wins it's gonna be a absolute shit show so why not throw your vote away why don't you go out and find a third party uh, i don't know if the constitutionalist the green party is libertarian somebody's running something throw your vote away i think tulsi gabbard's doing something if you're not careful um, oh, yeah um yeah, I think there might be a brief moments of chaos afterwards. I think it will settle out a bit, though. Um, just from looking at history, where most of the stupidity comes and goes on a, a, a quarterly cycle, basically, it would be gone by now if it wasn't for the election. Um, I'm fairly certain of that. Uh, it's it's paid for. So I think a lot of the chaos we're seeing is being paid for for a reason. So you know, it might it'll be shown in a different form. I think after the election, either way. But, uh, yeah, it's not exactly what I'd call uh, ground swelling. Just saying, yeah. So, <laughs> but, Joel, you're right. I think we all, all have experienced that to definitely uh, a certain degree for sure. Um, it's frustrating. So, uh, oh, shit, that leaves me. Sorry. Oh, what have I learned? Man, um, I've been learning that that sometimes patience and and not in and waiting a while and maybe not reacting as soon as you initially thought uh, has virtue for sure um, to give you a better perspective of a landscape or a situation. I'm I'm usually a real like gonna make a decision. It's A or B, and then we're gonna go. And as of as of late, the past few weeks, I've, I've been some great input and thought from some friends of mine and, and about being patient and waiting and biding your time and kind of holding your cards. And, and uh, it's hard to describe that any much further now than what I already have. But um, there's a lot to be said sometimes for letting things settle out and, and then seeing which way to roll. Um, granted, there's times too when you need a good quick decision and you have to make it the best one to just go. But I think realizing that you have resources around you where you don't have to make it right away um, is a benefit also. So that's been a paradigm shift for me to, to some degree of my decision is I'm not going to make one right now. And I think um, that's been interesting. So um, definitely a change for me. Don't let that get out of hand. You'll end up like me. Like, 
I won't make a decision until I'm forced to make a decision. Well, yes, uh, it's not for everything, just for certain components. But uh, yeah, that's a good advice too. I appreciate that, Mr. Joel. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the hardest decision is the decision to do nothing. Absolutely. Yeah, it drives me crazy sometimes. Yeah, um, I've had some. I've had some headbutts with my previous bosses and employers about like not making a decision. Um, not that I don't. I don't think it was the right. I still don't agree it was the right deal not to make a choice. Um, but you know, I, I think, um, like I said, that goes against my grain quite a bit. But um, there's times where that's that's uh, that's the right choice. So it's not always easy. Well, the thing I've learned recently is, geez, damn it, we need people to stick their heads up out of the, and we're getting that uh, the, the tallest tulips get chopped down mentality. Yeah, and, and that's uh, off. Yeah, we don't need that in the United States. And like, yeah, I think social media is slowly programming us that there it's it's slowly programming that tallest tulip thing into us and. Uh, I think we should rage back against that a little bit because, uh, yeah, there's uh, times when you need to put a boot in it and speak up and uh, hold your ground. And uh, people are going to be mean to you, doubly so on social media. And mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, but if you have a conviction and people are uh, counseling you to uh, chill your cool your boots, it's because they're uncomfortable. So Very true. So have some uh, don't don't let the crowd sway you on the path. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't allow them not to sway you every time, but sometimes you just have to follow something all the way through because mm -hmm. uh, it's important that people do that more often. And I feel that that is a, a quality of uh, character that we need to keep instilling in everybody in America. So and, uh, yeah, you shouldn't be afraid to express what you feel is right or wrong. Um, no matter how unpopular or popular it might be. Um, I think part of the, when you talk about social media, that's, that, that, that's really been in my crosshairs and in my grinder lately of just about the amount of, of censorship that we're seeing in social media and filtering and, and, and I don't care what side of the aisle you're on it's pretty obvious. And I think if it's going to be that sort of platform and have the protections that it does, it needs to be open forum. Um, or it, or it shouldn't have the protections that exist under right now, if they're going to be filtering things, um, and censoring things. Um, and, and you know, and just, and it's opinion. And this stems back to what Joel was talking about also that, uh, you know, it's filtered in one direction and things that are considered, uh, against the grain are, are, are stomped out. And that, that's so, that's so, so slippery uh, and not what we're founded on and not how we've got to where we are by having that. And, and you have the choice of what you believe or what you don't, you know, that's not somebody else's choice to make. That's mine. Um, granted, I also have the choice of where I get my information from. And if I rely on social media for me to know all the things I do, that's, that's probably a problem also. But um, problem is there's not many other places to get any information either. So you have to do, a lot of sifting. That's okay. That's my job as a human to be informed, not to be uh, molded and shaped and fed just what somebody else thinks I need to be eating. So 
that's where you have like the tallest tool, Richard, you hit it on the head, man. It's, it's taking that and, and being willing to go through that. And we've seen some people do that. I couldn't have been more proud of, of Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal for calling out the recent thing with the Brianna, Brianna Taylor case and Black Lives Matter. And they just basically said, like, look, this got through all the court. It's not how anybody said it. They they made it all I heard before was you heard like somebody was sitting in their apartment basically, you know, running the prayer beads and the cops kicked down the door and dumped 30 rounds into her because she was black and then left. You know, you're like, that's not what happened at all. Like they knocked, they made their presence known. There was witnesses. They came in the door. Another dude in the apartment shot at the cops. What do you expect to happen? It was terrible. She got killed in the crossfire, but it's nothing like it was portrayed the entire time in the media. And, and both Charles Barkley and Shaq both said, look, you got to support the cops. This case is not how it was presented. This is what happened. And, and I, I know they're going to take crap for it, but I, I really applaud them for saying what they did because uh, it's not popular but it's right. And that's the part to remember. And so, you know, yeah, I'm not saying it, that's not a sad situation, but it's not remotely what it was presented to be. And that's the saddest part really that that got overlooked and washed away because it became a political deal, which is never a good cause. I didn't expect I'd be talking about that case when we started today, but talking about standing up and, and, you know, going against the grain, that certainly was one of the, the bigger ones for me when I see all this other, I saw the kowtowing um, from sports figures like LeBron and like that Kaepernick a-hole. When you read their tweets, you're like, either you know exactly what happened and you don't care, or you're not informed enough to know what really happened and you're still talking out your ass. Either way, I'm disappointed in you. So um, I'm sorry. That's, that's not right, you know. Yeah, well said. <laughs> How's your special candy? Is it still holding in, or uh... yeah, it Uncle is. I, I, <laughs> well, I, I I have a new order coming. Uh, oh, good. Run through my supply. Can't get this here in this godforsaken state. But, well, yeah, chocolate uh, chips are illegal there. Yeah, yeah. I have to get off because uh, my girlfriend wants to sleep in my podcast studio and i can't blame her for that yeah she likes to, that's where the magic happens man come on yeah so do we have time for a real quick uh, best thing of the week and then we'll get, get it wrapped up how's that sound sure you could start oh i just had a great time in the weekend in connecticut seeing my uh, cousin his wife and their kid is uh one and a half mm -hmm. pretty smart like he's talking and stuff. He, oh, cool! He can he can say my name and he can say yellow, um, and a few other things. But <laughs> my name's my name's one of the things he can say, so that's cool. You got it like that, yeah. He's off to a good start. Richard, I I had an amazing experience today. Um, was subbing for Spanish. So, see, yeah, that's it. I think I may know more Russian than Spanish. Uh, I'm sure that's true. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a double one of those. Uh, yeah. That's an inside joke almost. Um, so, <laughs> but 
the so the Spanish class is split between uh, English learners of Spanish and Spanish learners of English. And there's a wonderful lady here that was a teacher in Mexico that comes in and helps the kids that are uh, learning English to master math, uh, geography. Um, mm -hmm. And today she had one of the first bunches, one of the kids from the first bunch that she taught is now her aide and was helping. Oh. And I thought, what a wonderful, how lucky we are in this community to have uh, people so dedicated to helping kids that have immigrated to this country and their first language was Mexican mm -hmm. to uh, integrate and to have that support and that per person pushing you and that level of candor and honesty that you really need at that stage to really get out, make that transition and then really get out and make something of yourself. And immerse. Yeah. Yes. And I think that the, the, the service that she's done our community is just outstanding and it's probably over a decade that she's been doing it and uh, probably one of the unsung healer heroes of our community and to watch her at work today was just uh, um, so so uh, rewarding. So oh, I'd share that because that's probably the best thing that's happened to me this week. So uh, just to see that in action. So Sounds, it's pretty inspiring. That's a, that's a cool story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, for me, no, um, oh, that God, that's too funny. Um, so I canceled my subscription to Wall Street Journal online and shifted it over to a subscription at Echelon Front, which is the, the training that Jocko Willink and his crew do online. And so uh, they have online stuff. They have, they have live Zooms three times a week not caught one yet, but I just started doing the online, uh, I guess you could call it training or courses or classes or, or exercises, I guess would be the best word for it. And I just had so much fun. Um, it was pretty, pretty inspirational today. I did one early this morning and it was just what I needed to kind of get my day off and rolling. And, you know, if you don't know about Jocko, uh, retired SEAL, he's really all about leading by example and taking responsibility for what you do. And so, you know, if you're having a shitty day, it's your fault. If your team screws up, it's because you didn't, you know, you didn't make sure they understood. So he's really about, you know, uh, getting on top of it yourself. So the great, uh, great online tools, really cool scenarios they put together. They usually do one or two combats and then they do the same thing in the business world. So it's a really cool way to work. For me, it works both sides of my brain. But uh, yeah, that's been my best thing is going to the echelon front and starting that uh, exercise. It's, it's been it's been really good, really rewarding for me also. So glad you brought that up because I think we've gone like four podcasts without mentioning Jocko. So. He was a little uh, butthurt. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure he'll be happier now. <laughs> Last person I want to piss off is Jocko. So yeah, <laughs> or Joe for that matter. But uh, no, with that, with that being said, I guess we'll get wrapped up. So uh, Joel's podcast studio can get converted back into the uh, apartment. It is a small apartment in Brooklyn, so it's multifaceted. Um, I think I'm also in my bedroom slash front room slash kitchen slash podcast studio. So uh, I'm living vicariously in Florida. But uh, with that said, everybody, thank you so much for your time again this week. Remember, make sure to uh, 
to like and subscribe and share and talk about uh, this crazy good podcast with all your friends and enemies. I still uh, will reiterate Joel's offer for Loveline advice. We've not got that yet. Apparently, we're not covered for agronomy advice either, but we'll continue to work on that. We do thank everybody for listening. Guys, it's been great. Uh, good conversation tonight. Uh, we will pick up on uh, Blazing Saddles is our movie for next time when we have Rawls back. It's sort of fair. He, uh, he picks the movie. He gets to talk about it. So, But until then, we will uh, we'll leave you guys all uh, waiting for more. And, and this has been a great Tri-Reach adventure. And we will, uh, we will see you all very soon. Peace. See ya. We outie? Yeah, I'm still turning it off. <laughs>